Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Uh, again, welcome to City Hope. I would love, love, love to meet you if I haven't got to yet. Uh, maybe someone invited you, this is one of your first times, um, we would love just to, uh, just to connect with you before you leave today. Um, it, it's a special day today, as, we're, as I mentioned, we're kicking off Holy Week, we're kicking off Easter Week, and uh, this is just one of those seasons in life that, that people are more open, right? They're, they're more willing to listen, and, and, and so I want to just challenge you right off the bat, you know, use these next seven days and invite, 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 invite people to Jesus, invite people to church, invite people to the Easter egg hunt. Those are tools, those are things that we we can use to help teach people about Jesus. Last week, we kicked off a new series called Ghosted. Ghosted. Now, you know, in, in our lives, all of you would agree, especially if you're a coach of anything, there's sometimes when you need to come up and you need to put your arm around a, a player, right? You need to put your arm around somebody. Then there's other times when you just need to kick somebody in the butt, right? You just need to kick them and go like, come on, man, what are you doing? Well, this series is kind of in your face, kind of a kick you in the butt series, right? And, and um, I'm not typically like this, and this isn't about a, a poor guilt and, and condemnation, tell you how bad of a Christian you are, how bad of a person. I, I really, really, really want to encourage you and light a fire in under you uh, and myself to, to really, really, really share a story. Ghosted is this series, and, and, and we talked about last week, well, what in the world does that mean? And Ghosting is, it's kind of think of it like this. You're having this conversation with someone. Let's use a text message. You're texting someone back and forth and you're going and going and going. You say something and then finally, boom, they stop replying. And you're like, what happened? Where'd they go? They've ghosted you, right? And usually it's because of something you said or something you did. And, and the tough reality, and, and here's kind of the, the kick you in the butt part. The tough reality for many Christians in our world today it doesn't uh, 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 maybe come out intentionally, but we have ghosted the people around us when it comes to telling people about Jesus. Like, like maybe you've invited them to church or maybe they, you know, they see you pulling out of your driveway on Sunday. But the reality is you haven't kept that conversation going. We've ghosted the people around us. We don't share our story. We don't carry out our role as a Christian, our role in the family of God. And so quite frankly, that's why we're doing this series. And that's why we need this series. We need a reminder and encouragement, a challenge to all of us. So the Bible talks a lot about this. To Jesus is talking to his followers over and over and over during his earthly ministry. Today we're going to go to Luke chapter 9. So if you have your Bible or, or your phone, whatever you have your Bible on, go ahead and turn, uh, get to Luke chapter number 9. And Luke is, is uh, uh, one of Jesus' uh, prime friends. He's one of Jesus' guys. And he tells a lot of stories about here's some things that Jesus did. Here's some things that Jesus said while he was here on earth. And so uh, let's jump into Luke chapter 9. If you found that, stand with me. If you don't have your Bible, uh, it'll be on the screen. But let's stand and honor the reading of God's word together. And we'll begin in verse number fifty. Seven, Verse number 57. So follow along here with me. A really, really, really neat story. As they were traveling along the road, someone said to him, this is, this is Jesus, someone's talking to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Okay, verse 58. Jesus told him, 
Foxes have dens, birds have the sky, birds of the sky have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Okay, that's kind of kind of weird. Then he said to another, another guy comes up and approaches him. Follow me, Lord, he said. First, let me go bury my father. But he told him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and spread the good news of the kingdom of God. And then another, a third guy, I, I, I will follow you, Lord, but first, let me go say goodbye to all those at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And keep going, like chapter 10, verse 1, it says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. He sent them ahead uh, of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he told him, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest, send out workers into his harvest. Now go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Father, I pray that for the next few minutes, you would bless the reading of your word, you would speak directly into our hearts. You know the, the baggage, you know the struggle, you know the, the pressure that so many of us in this room feel today. And God, I pray that we would be able to sense and feel and know that your peace, your comfort, your joy is right there. You're with us. And so speak to us today. Challenge us and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, you may be seated. All right, so, so picture with me the story. Jesus is going from town to town, right? He's doing miracles. He's raising people. He's healing people. And so he's walking, and, and there's this group gathered behind him. They're following him along. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes up to him, and this pretty bold guy, right? He's pretty bold, and he comes up to Jesus, and he's like, all right, man, I'm going to follow you wherever you go, right? I'm with you, man. And look at Jesus' response. At first, it kind of seems like Jesus might be like trying to talk this dude out of, of following him. He's like, he's like, dude, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll follow you wherever. But instead of responding with like excitement, Jesus is like, yeah. He, he, he's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And it's like, was he, was he testing this guy? Was he trying to see if he was really fit to, to be a true follower? And, and I think what Jesus was trying to get across here, I think, I think Jesus knew and understood the pressures of life that so many of us face. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you got going on in your life. All of us, I would say most of us, many of us, our weeks are full of pressure. We got, we got pressure to spend time with our spouse, spend time with our kids. We got pressure at work, at school, uh, on the field. We got pressure to, to, you know, pay bills. We got pressure because we're watching news and it seems like the world's falling. We got pressure on all sides, right? There's pressure to eat good and exercise. Like, there's just pressure. And, and the, the reality is it can be overwhelming. It could be overwhelming. And, and, and pressure and stress and anxiety and nervous and worry, that, that's no respecter of persons, right? It all, we all get it. We all have times in our lives when it's there. But, but I think this is what Jesus was really trying to get at. Here's the thing that should set you apart. If you are a follower of Christ, if you're someone on the team, you got the jersey on, as the pressure builds for Christ followers, we have a hope to turn to. We have a peace that we can rely on in the midst of struggle, trial, and pressure. We know that we have a God that can turn down the pressure, that can, that can help relieve some of it and give us peace in our lives. 
But what about the people that are far from God? You ever wondered that? Like, like when the chaos of life hits someone and you know they don't have Jesus, where, where's their hope? Where do they have peace? What are they able to turn to? So, so this is what Jesus was doing. I think he was trying to help this man understand like, okay, I know you want to follow me, but let me just share some things with you. And then he kind of gives him this weird story. He's like, listen, buddy, foxes, you know, when things get tough, they retreat to their den and hide. And I wonder that guy standing there, and, and even for you and I today, does that describe you? Does that describe your life when things get tough? Are you like the fox and you, you run and you hide and you, you stay away? And, and the reality, what you're doing is you're ghosting the rest of the world because I got a lot of pressure coming on my life. It's kind of overwhelming. I don't know what to do. And so I'm kind of like this fox and I run and I hide. And ghosting. Family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, teammates, classmates who desperately need, who, who desperately need to see the hope that you have because you're a Christ follower? Are you ghosting those people? Just a, a, a quick practical question. What do you find yourself doing when the pressures of life start piling up? Not, not what do you wish you did, not where you want to be, but right now in your life, when the pressures of life start piling up, what do you find yourself doing? Jesus says, hey, buddy, foxes, man, when things get tough, they run away. And then he gives a bird illustration, right? Well, birds, they fly above it all. They stay up. They get around their nest. They get around their other birds. And, man, they, when, when, when things get crazy down here, they go and they, they hide. Is that how you treat the world? Is that how Christians treat today's world? Surrounding yourself with people who only think like you and act like you and dress like you. And, and, uh, do you only surround yourself with those kind of people? Are we ghosts in the world who is nothing like us? They're desperately needing hope. So Jesus is telling this guy, he's like, look, man. You say you'll follow me, but this is the reality. This is, this is the tough thing. Like when people don't have hope, you have to be a witness for me. You, have, you can't be like the fox. You can't be like the bird. You got to be a witness of the one that when pressure comes, you have peace. Kind of gives this weird answer to this guy. Then he goes to the next guy. Look at verse 59. Then he said to another, follow me. Lord, he said, first, let me go bury my father. But he told them, let the dead bury their own. But you, you go spread the news of the kingdom of God. So again, he's, the second guy's to him. He's like, man, I'll, I'll follow you, man. Let's go. Well, okay, but before I follow you, let me go take care of some stuff. Let me go take care of it. And then the third guy, same thing. Another said, I'll follow you, Lord. But first, let me go say bye to everybody at my house. Let me go, let me go take care of some stuff at the house. But Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow looks back as fit for the kingdom of God. Listen to me, church. There's always going to be an excuse to go back. There's all, you're always going to find a reason not to do it yet, to turn back. But Jesus makes it abundantly clear. Foxes here, birds here, dead bear their own dead. Let me go back and say goodbye. No, no, no. Jesus makes it very, very clear. There's no turning back. 
We are called to be the witnesses of the hope of Jesus Christ in work in us no matter what. No matter what. No matter what your life looks like. No matter what your past looked like, no matter what you think tomorrow looks like, you are called as a follower of Christ to be a witness of the hope that is in Jesus. And the reality is that that the gospel, the gospel, the good news is alive and it's at work in you should not make you a ghost to the rest of the world. It should not make the church this, this standalone thing. Oh, that's what they do over there. And that's why I'm challenging you for these next couple weeks. Challenge you to just to turn up your burden for people far from God. Turn up your, your boldness to share your story. Turn up your belief in the power of salvation. You know, you, you think about think about the way the world uh, uh, views Christians. I, I would say, if, if we took a poll in here, most of you would probably agree, and you say most of the world probably don't think real highly of Christians. They're mean. They're hateful. They're judgmental. It's probably what the word or, or the world believes, right? But what would our community look like? What would our world look like if we who have the hope, who have the peace, if we opened up our homes now more than ever before, if we shared our story more than ever before? What if we had a passion and a burden every single day? Man, I want those people that I work with or I I pass by, I want those people in my house. Man, I want them to have hope. I I want them to have this peace that I have. The Apostle Paul was one of the, the, the greatest followers of Christ ever. And, and this is how he said it. This is, he was talking to the church, and I think he's still talking to us today. Listen to this question. How then can they, those apart from God, call on the one they've not believed in? How then can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching it to them? Paul lays it out very clear. How in the world is your lost broken, struggling neighbor, family member, co-worker, teammate, how are they ever going to know that there's hope in Jesus if we don't go tell them? There's a study done recently. It was done on practicing Christians. These are people who believe faith is an important part of their life. They attend church. 65% of those people believe that being a witness about Jesus is a part of their faith. Only 65. 38% of all practicing Christians say they have no non-Christian friends. Almost 40% of Christians say they have no non-Christian friends. Now, now here's, here's, kind of the, here's kind of the kick, okay? Here's the kick I'm going to give you today. Jesus makes this so clear. This isn't isn't a suggestion. This isn't a, hey, maybe during your life you might be able to do this. This is is so clear that Jesus gives us. Surveys are one thing, but but the word of God makes it really clear. Look at, I'm going to give you three quick places. Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mark 16. Jesus said to them, go into all the world. Preach the gospel to all creation. John chapter 20. Again, Jesus says, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. I am sending you. 
It's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. Use your story. Share Christ. Baptize. Disciple. Tell people what God has done in your heart and in your life. Live in such a way that people see a difference in you. Go in your daily life. Go into your world, wherever your world is. Maybe, maybe it's your workplace. Maybe it's your school. Maybe it's your neighborhood. Go into the world and tell people about me. But, but I want you to see this. So, so again, we go back to our story. Jesus is walking and kind of these three unfit followers approach him. But then he keeps telling this story. He tells this story about Jesus calling 72 people to do something. Go, go, go back to verse 1 in uh, uh, Luke 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. He sent them ahead in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Probably, if you've been a Christian very long, if you've been in church very long, it's a very familiar passage of scripture, right? The harvest is abundant. There's a, there's a lot of people that don't have hope. There's a lot of people that need Jesus. How many of you would agree that's still the, the same today? Like the harvest is abundant, right? The harvest, like... Think about this. This was written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but it's still true today. The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Why? Why why is there not enough workers? Why is there not enough people that love Jesus and follow his commands? Has the American church ghosted the world? Why is it that this is still reigns true today? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. According to the same study we were talking about a minute ago, 56% of Christians reported having two or fewer conversations about their faith with a non-Christian person last year. I told you I'm going to be in your face today. (laughs) 56% of people who know Jesus and claim to know Christ and and, and they go to church and they understand that it's part of their job. 56% say, I've had less than two conversations with a non-Christian in the last year of my life. Why? How? Why is this? Why are we not sharing our faith? Why are we not sharing the hope that we have? We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be honest with the world. And, 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 and let me give you what I think it is. This isn't the Bible, right? This is Bobby chapter 2, verse 6, okay? This is me, all right? I think it's fear. I think fear is the number one reason why Christ followers don't share their story. Fear of, of, of man, maybe I'm just not good at this. Maybe I'm just not, I'm not ready. I might mess up. I don't know where that verse is. I don't know what to say. And so I have this fear. Most of us feel afraid because we're just, we're not really prepared. Or, or what are they going to say? What if, they, what if they say no? What if they turn me down? Does that mean it's going to be my fault? Is their eternity going to hang on my pastor? I'm no evangelist. I, I'm not a pastor. I'm not, I'm not one of the 12 disciples. But I want you to see this. Okay, and I don't want you to miss this. Here's the good news. When you think about these 72 people that God sent out, look what he tells them in verse three. You you can't miss this. This is unbelievable. 72 people. All right, we're here. We're ready. What do you want us to do? And Jesus says in verse three, 
I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. And they're like, okay, really? That sounds awesome. Let's go. Like, what? What, what, what do you mean? Like, I thought following you meant I get to hang around with you and my good friends and we just kind of walk behind you and do what you do. Like, what do you mean? I'm a, I'm a sheep and I got to go out in the wolves? Like, what are you talking about? Does that sound safe to you? And, 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 and think about it, right? When are sheep ever going to get to the place where they're ready to go out amongst the wolves? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so Jesus is like, hey, I'm ready to send you out. I'm ready, I'm ready for you to go. And, and, and like, does he really expect them? Does he really expect them to share? Does he really expect me to share? Like, wait a minute. I'm a sheep. I'm a lamb among wolves. God, I don't know. I don't know. Can I really do this? How do I do that? How do I have enough power? How do I overcome this fear? How do I have boldness? Well, we talked about this last week, and I don't want you to miss this. Acts 1, Paul says this, but, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So when you accept Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, and now you have the power to go be a sheep, go be a lamb amongst wolves. He says, I'll give you the power, and then you go be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the most part of the earth. Okay, okay, so, so it's not just follow behind Jesus and do what he does. You mean, I got I to gotta find people. I got I to gotta go amongst the wolves, and I got to do it. And, and well, wait a minute, I, I don't know. I'm not ready. Like, Bobby, you don't know my story. Now, listen to me. I want you to hear this with everything. If you don't hear anything else I talk about today, hear this one part. You are exactly who God wants to use. You Yes, you. You're like, oh, man, you don't know me, man. Like, I, I don't know the Bible. You don't know the things I've done. Like, uh, like uh, you know, this, these last couple of weeks, man, I've been able to sit across a lunch table or, or, or dining room table with a lot of people. And, and we all have things going on in our lives, right? Uh, 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 you know, Bobby, uh, man, I'm just, I'm struggling, you know. I'm a past marriages. I got divorced and I got these kids and, and it's just a real struggle. Or, 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 or uh, man, I got this job situation and I hate it, but I can't quit because I got this going on. Or, 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 or Bobby, man, I, I messed up. I, I had a kid when I was too young. I wasn't married and, and it's, just, it's just dragging me down. And, and, and listen to me. Listen to me. Here's what, here's what God's truth is for you today. You are exactly who God wants to use. You are exactly who God wants to use. Well, I'm not a very good dad. I spent so many years not being a good dad. I'm not a very good husband. I'm not a very good wife. You are exactly who God wants to use. Why? Because you are a witness of the Holy Spirit-filled life. Jesus didn't expect the 72 to have all the answers. He didn't expect them to be successful every time. doesn't expect you and I to have all the answers. doesn't expect you and I to be successful every time. His desire, his call, his command to you and I is so that, so that we may use our, our lives, all of our baggage, all of our stuff. Let's throw it in the bag. Let's use it. And let's use it as a witness for his goodness. Let's use it as a witness to say, say, listen, let me tell you how I got healing in my heart. Let me tell you what, what the, the emotional, spiritual, and, and, and physical, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. You are exactly who God wants to use. 
You are exactly who God wants to do. use. You are a perfectly imperfect messenger. I hope for some of you that right there, I hope that gives you a little bit of peace. That gives you a little bit of boldness. Okay, I don't have to have it. I don't have to be an evangelist. I don't have to be a pastor. I don't have to work on a church staff. I, I don't have to know the Bible from front to back. You are a perfectly imperfect messenger. Why? Because you have received the love, the mercy, the goodness, the grace of God. And now it's time for you to go share it with the world around you. You're exactly who God wants to use. As we land the plane today, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. I'm going to give you two quick things, two very practical, two quick ways. How can we stop ghosting the world? How can I overcome some fear? How can, I, how can I be this messenger? All right, I get it, Bobby. This is a calling. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. God's telling me to do this. How do I do this? Number one is this. Pray for opportunities. Pray for opportunities. Look what Jesus says when, he, when the 72, he's sending them out, right? He's like, you're going to go here, you're going to go here, you're going to go here. And he says, the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And then he looks at what, look what he tells them. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Pray for opportunities to be a messenger for Christ. Whenever you have your, 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 your quiet time, your devotions, you, you and Jesus, right? Pray for God to, to help you be a witness to people around you you where you work where you live where you play where you shop where you go to school pray that God would allow you opportunities to to tell people to be a witness for him but but you know here's what I see And, and and if you really dig into this story maybe one of the reasons why so many people are unsuccessful that that only that that 56 percent of christians have had less than two conversations with non-christians maybe the reason why that so number is so high is because we try to do it by ourselves we try to do it all alone how did jesus send out these 72 he did it in pairs he did it in pairs if you go throughout the bible oftentimes jesus his messenger they were sent out together they were sent out together. Go be a witness with someone. Go, go deliver the good news. You, you, you two, you go. You two, you go. Right? King Solomon, he was, he was considered the wisest king uh, in the history of mankind. Look what he says in, in Ecclesiastes. Two are better than one. They have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, or uh, one can help the other up. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. My advice, my wisdom, I want to encourage you today. Do not be a witness by yourself. Don't be a witness by yourself. Jesus sent the 72 in pairs. Find somebody. Find somebody that will push you. Find somebody that will pray for you, that will pray with you. Pray for opportunities with other people. Pray for specific people by name. Pray for opportunities. Number two. Number two, the second way we can... We can stop ghosting the world. Plan to be a witness. Plan to be a witness. It makes it very clear. Again, read read through the story. The Lord appointed 72 and he sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place he was about to go. Jesus had a plan. Hey, I'm going to go to that city, but I want you two to go before me. I'm going to go to that city. He made a plan to be a witness. Most of us live off of a off a calendar, right? I got this. I got this. I got. Most of you, you begin your week. Maybe maybe you 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 have a a, a a planning schedule day like we do every Sunday night. 
plan to be a witness. Why are we not planning to be a witness? We plan everything else. Plan to invite a friend, a family member to lunch. Plan to have them over for dinner. Make appointments for the specific purpose of being a witness for Jesus. It's the only reason. I'm going to make an appointment so that I can tell somebody what he's done in my life. You got to believe this, that you are the exact person that God wants to use in your world. It doesn't matter your age. You have a sphere of influence. You've got people in your community. You've got people in your bubble. And God wants to use you. I believe that every single one of us who knows Christ and you've, you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, you've given him your heart, I believe that deep down you understand. You want people to find the healing and the hope and the grace and the, the love. You want your family members to have that. God's calling each and every one of us. It's not a, it's not a, hey man, when you get time, can you do that for me? Hey buddy, when you, if you can fit it in your schedule this week, can you, can you share, can you share your story with somebody? God gives us a pretty clear command. Stop ghosting the world and start sharing your story. Maybe all this talk of, of Jesus is a little strange to you today because the reality is you've never given everything up and given your life to him. Maybe that's where you sit today. I don't know. Maybe you, I, I'm talking about having peace and having hope. And, and the reality is, here's your reality, is when you lay your head down on the pillow at night, you are confused. You don't know that Jesus lives inside of you. You don't have a peace. You don't have a hope. You don't have a boldness. Because you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe there's a, 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 a burden. Maybe there's a heaviness in your soul right now. There's a guy named Matthew. He was one of Jesus' best friends. And, and, and he reminds us what Jesus said. Listen to this. Don't, don't, don't leave just yet. All right? Stay with me. Jesus tells his followers, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. Maybe some of you, that's what you need today. Your soul is not at rest because you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You don't share your story because you haven't got there yet. You haven't made, you haven't asked God, God, come into my life. Save me, forgive me of my sins. Here's, here's, here's why you can't lay your head down on the pillow at night because there's something in between you and God and that's called sin. Something in between you and God and it's called sin. But the Bible says, here's the good news, that if you confess your sin, if you confess your sin, you repent, you leave your sin behind, you, you turn away from your sin. The Bible says you will be saved. So today, before we go, it's the most important thing we can do is I want to give you an opportunity to have that peace. I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite hope into your heart. So all across the room, here's what I want you to do today. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And this is kind of, this is kind of two parts here. Two parts here. First part is this. 
If you're here today and you have the hope of Jesus living inside of you, you know without a doubt, when you lay your head down on a pillow, there's peace. Maybe life is a little crazy. Maybe life has some pressure. But the reality is your eternity is settled and you have a peace with God. If that's you in this room, I want to ask you to do two things. Number one, how's your witness? Ask yourself, how is my witness? Am I sharing my story? Am I sharing with people? Do I have a burden? Do I have a passion for the people in my life that don't know Christ? That's part one. Part two, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you pray? Would you just pray right now, God, if there's somebody in this room that doesn't know you, allow them to take that step today. Now maybe you're here in this room this morning. And you don't have the peace. You don't have the hope. There's a heaviness in your heart. There's a heaviness in your soul because you've never repented and asked God to forgive you of your sins. Maybe you've got questions. Maybe there's some misunderstanding. There's some struggle here. Before we go, I want to give you a chance to take your step with God. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart that God did what he said he did, that Jesus did what he said he did, if you believe that with your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. Well, that simply, it's a church word, saved. It means you'll have hope. You'll have peace. You'll have comfort. It doesn't mean life's going to be perfect. It means that you have something to turn to, someone to turn to when life is struggled. So I'm going to pray out loud. If you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, just pray along with me. This isn't some magical prayer. This is me just leading you in a conversation with God. If you're ready to have that peace today, dear Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. I have done many things that displease you. I've lived my life for myself. Today I say I'm sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. I believe that you, Jesus, came to this earth and died on a cross for me. I believe that you rose again from the dead and on the third day to save me. You did for me what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life and give it to you. Help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. I love you, Lord. And I thank you that I can spend an eternity in heaven with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at me real quick. We're gonna, we're gonna leave here in just a moment. We're gonna get out of here and, and we're all gonna go our separate ways. But, but if you prayed that prayer with me today, it's the most important, biggest, best, and greatest decision of your life. And here's what I want to do. As a church, part of our job is to help you on this journey. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to throw guilt on you. Doesn't matter if you've been in church your whole life. If you didn't have that peace and today you accepted Christ, stop by our connect table out there. I'll be back there. Some of our team members will be back there. Just say, hey, I prayed that prayer with Pastor Bobby today. But for those of you who have, you know Jesus is Lord and Savior. How's your witness? How's your witness? Are you ghosting the world around you? Is there people in your sphere of influence that don't even know that you're a Christian? Let's change that this week. This is the season where people are open 
and they're willing to listen and might even be willing to come. Let's go do our job this week. It may not be your gift, but it is your responsibility. Father, give us boldness, give us courage. Send us out of this place with a burden and a passion to tell people about you. God, help us to be obedient to this call. Help us to honor you. Let City Hope Church be a church full of people who, who understand it's not about a building. It's not about a Sunday morning service. It's about living my life every day telling people about you because your name is stronger, is greater, is better than all. And Father, today we give you honor and glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's worship together today. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you. And the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you and have a wonderful day.